0: Blog Talk Radio. are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil morning show with your host Nadia Khalil good morning everybody and welcome to today's show today is the 27th of March I think next time I talk to you guys, no, it'll be March 31st. So we'll hit April Fool's Day on Tuesday, and it's supposed to be, it was so windy yesterday. I mean, you'd go out, and I don't care where you were, you were going to feel like something was blowing, but the sand was blowing onto the street. It was a crazy wind, but much better today, Um, but now... As the world goes on and the weather doesn't know what's going on and the sun just comes out every day, doesn't know, um, our world is changing pretty fast. And one of the questions that I had was, how do you deal with personal space in your home now that you're all home together? And... How do, you know, people are either, you know, they're saying the funny thing, and I know I said that on the show the other day, but it's worth repeating. We may have a baby boom come next, you know, at the end of this year, or we're going to have a lot of divorces. No, I'm kidding. But seriously, when we are together, because now we're together for lengths of time we haven't been years, other than a vacation time where we plan all this stuff, we're together and we're home. And what people are finding out is now that they're home, they really didn't have that much to do at home. Home was just like a base. So the question of how do you deal with, you know, the kids, how much information do we tell them? So one of the first things that any of us can do Instead of demanding or being bossy or pushing our kids to the brink, you know, like, oh, my God, you're not in school. You have to do this, this, and this, and we're just so used to schedule. Just let the things that normally drive us, put them on pause. You may put them on mute. You may get rid of them forever. Watch our tone when we talk to people. Because we might start feeling a little edgy or a little antsy. We haven't gone somewhere for a while. We're not used to not going somewhere for a while. Yesterday, I I had to go to Costco. And I I went, and my son went with me because he's back from baseball. And we're just, I'm like, just come with me. He's like, yay. And we, we went out. And we had to wait in line in the parking lot because they were limiting the amount of people going in the store at one time. So we waited about 45 minutes, and it wasn't even that far in the parking lot, but by the time we got to the front, it was further back. And we got in the store, and there was, like, not that many people in there. Barely saw anybody. Got to the registers. There were only a few registers open. It looked like their employees weren't as many. And we had to stand behind. You couldn't just go put your stuff on if someone else was um, checking out. But that space, it's a language we're not speaking, but it's a very positive language. It was worth waiting in line to experience that kind of space. There's Costco's I go to that are like that all year round, but that one, it's closest to my house, isn't. It's normally a zoo. It was pretty much fully stocked, but the tone of people's voices is different. The things we talk about are different. And people have something to talk about, which is different. Some of the things that we can do at home to create that space, that same space I got at Costco or the same space that we are giving each other outside, is to build a routine into your days. Because then you're not so listless. Make a list at night of things you'd like to do, like, oh, I want to clean this out, or I want to start reading this book, or I want to watch this, or I want to make this for lunch and dinner, or whatever it is you are thinking, create a routine. When you wake up in the morning, do certain things. You may exercise. You may stretch. You may exercise later in the day after you have more energy. Whatever it is you want to do, create a routine. Give yourself in that routine, time to just not do anything, like where you're, you're going to sit and think things through, or you may write, or, but just that you're not going to get up and run around. Make sure when you speak to each other that communication is always open, but we need to set boundaries so that we're not feeling at the end of the day like we're exhausted talking. I know that sounds funny to say. However, when kids are in a house by themselves with you, all the outside stimuluses stimuluses are gone. They can't run out and play. You know, they can go in your yard, but your front yard, now you're attracting people and friends want to come over. So if you have a backyard, that's where they go. They've played all the board games and now they're bored. Encourage them to create a routine. Like when I wake up, I make breakfast or I eat breakfast and we do that together. And kids, they're going to want to play together for the most part. I know my son said the other day, gosh, you know, thank God for social media because you can see what other people are doing and we are creating virtual parties. People that are singing are singing for an hour and giving you a concert or yoga people are teaching us yoga and everybody is contributing their gift to each other. Your creativity, start playing. A lot of us have forgotten what our creativity even is, but we have the time to get there. Because in this day, last night, The numbers in the United States have almost doubled. I think not last night, the night before, we were at 46,000 positives. This morning, we are at 85,000 positives. 1,300 people, 1,300 people, have died from this in the United States. So now we have become the world leader in a number of cases. I know when you hear the the political briefings, there's the concern about the economy, there's the concern about all these things, and we take that on. But I want you to know it's not yours to take on. There's nothing you can do about that. and saying, well, when this is over, as though it's almost over, we haven't even gotten started. So be careful what we listen to because we may think, oh, I could just go out. This is almost over. When you listen to what people are saying who are on the front lines, stay out of sight. It's the best medicine right now just to stay out of the way. And when we're home, because I have family members who cannot stay home, they're essential workers. And one of them is one of my sisters and she'll tell me every day, you know, I just have to cover up as much as I can because I have to be there. I cannot not be there. And so having a routine... And appreciating that we even have this time is a huge help in us coping with that cabin fever that we have a chance of getting. So I hope I answered that question about, you know, what do you do when you're starting to go stir crazy and using positive language, watching our tones instead of demanding ask questions. Would you like to? Because they may say, you know what, not right now. So we have to respect other people's boundaries. But this is an opportunity for all of us to improve our relationship with ourselves and to improve, improve it with others. So that would be my best answer for that. Um, and see what happens. You know, we're, we're in week two for most of us. Some people week one, depending Um, one day at a time, probably our best. I had a question last week from Christopher Cedre, and he asked, it's a long question, and the first time I read it through, I didn't even get it, but second time I read it through, I kind of got it. So here it goes. Nadia, love somebody who dies. Let's put it that way. Yeah, okay, There is a lot, that is a lot of us. So you're noticing that there are certain things that happens. One of them is that you are amazed the sun comes out the next morning. Yes, it is kind of a vicarious awareness that you might realize the sun might come out the day after you die also. It is not your inclination to say you mean it is going to go on without him. Harry is dead, and then when the next morning comes, the next evening comes, somebody is noticing this, and you realize that it is the case because you also fantasize somewhere in your heart that the world will stop. Oh, my God, Harry is dead. We can't go on. However, it does not. It just drags along like Harry never counted for beans. You know there is an interesting notion right there. However, the world will not be changed, but you are. How are you changed? You have a whole new different set of values for a couple of weeks. Sometimes it is for a day, sometimes for the rest of your life, depending on how profound you feel about Harry. What is different? What is the point now? What matters now? And how do you learn all this suddenly? Think about that. Thanks, Christopher. Well, from the beginning of time, we die. From the beginning of time, life has to go on because life is for the living when we look at death as complete devastation which at times depending on who the person is in your life it will affect your life in different ways and that's true for all of us if I die it will affect my children differently than it may affect somebody else because my children know me a a certain way or our partners, or our spouses, or our ex-spouses, or whoever really, really, really lives with us. It doesn't mean because we go on in life that we don't care or didn't care. My mom, I didn't know how to imagine life without my mom. And I'm one of six kids my mom had. Three of us live in California, three of us live in Chicago. And in that, we have a boatload of grandchildren, and now great-grandchildren, if if my parents were still alive. So it's not that we're bad, or yeah, the sun's going to come up after someone dies, or that I might die and the sun comes up. I want the sun to come up because life and earth isn't about me. It is about life on earth. So my soul shows up to live here, to learn here, to love here, to grow here. And when I'm done, I do go back where I came from. And... That, I know people now, when someone passes, they have a celebration of their life. We're starting to change the terms we use. When we are close to the people that pass, we carry them with us in a different way once that happens. Because I think of my mom differently or in a different way. I don't think of her differently, but I think of her in a different way because now I can't just call her. I can't call my dad. Do I remember the last conversations I had with them? Every word. Do I remember the last time I saw them? All the time. But something did change. And that is how I think of them. I think of them as I was a part of their lives because I didn't know them until they were in their 20s. And the only thing I know about their past is what they told me or someone who knew them told me. And when they passed, I couldn't leave with them either. I don't have the rights to someone else's life, but I do have the gift of interacting with them. So it's not about us not caring or, you know, as you say, Harry's life was, I can't find the the term in here, you know, just nothing but beans or, you know, like it didn't matter or that we can't go on, but then we do, and because we do, Oh, there it is. It drags along like Harry never counted for beans. That just means that you probably didn't know Harry very well. And if you did, then it would mean more than that to you. And you may think of that person and smile. Right now, at this point in our history, we are approached with the thought every single day, especially now we are home not to get sick and not to give an illness because we don't know which side of the fence we're on, a giver, a taker, we don't know but we do know that staying out of the way may help not only ourselves but others and we are faced with Not only if we pass, because it's happening very quickly. Or someone we love, which is heart-wrenching to think about. So we are in that mentality of life and death today. And because someone dies, it doesn't mean... I know it sounds weird to say this, but I keep saying it to myself. Oh, wow, this was when they were supposed to go, and this was how. Doesn't mean I like it. It doesn't mean I want it. But it is a coping mechanism that helps us deal with what we are confronted with in this time. Fear death. But I don't welcome it either. I'm not walking around going, oh man, it would be so cool to die. I just feel like, wow, if that happens, I'm going to have to face it. And if it doesn't happen, I have to be able to cope with the thoughts of the chances, the percentages the outbreak, all this stuff we're facing right now. There's a couple of things I've done to cope because there's that worst-case scenario thing I, I used to talk about more than now, but I didn't need it for a while. Now I need that, where I say, what is the worst thing that can happen? And I hate thinking about stuff like that, but I had to think it through so that I don't fear it. Because if I keep trying to save everybody, myself included, all my energy goes into that. And I miss everything else that's going on. So I have to say, well, if that happens, then it happens. But I'm going to do everything I can because I don't really want that to happen. Nobody does. None of us. But it's happening to some of us right now. And today, the leader of England, the Prime Minister for England, Boris, just tested positive. Yesterday, it was Prince Charles. About a week ago, it was the Prince of Monaco. Nobody knows where they got it. But nobody is above it. So this whole thing about death that even you would wish the world would stop or when you died or think about it or fantasize about it, as you said in there. Maybe some of us do. We all have to cope with this in the ways we understand. But the world does stop when you leave for you. It doesn't have to stop for others, that they're not your job. How others deal with it is the gift you left them with, that growth. There's a huge bigger picture of thinking of life, of how you live, when you look at life through the lens of purpose. Purpose, because we learn through purpose. My purpose was to serve people My purpose was to help others. And while I'm here, I'm going to give it everything I have. And when I go, I hope that it is a gift that keeps on giving. But whatever it's meant to do, whatever it's meant to be, if I give my best when I am here, With an open heart, that's why I say over and over again, it's really important what you say yes to. Because if you spend your life doing stuff to please others, when you leave, you've left nothing that you loved behind because you were doing stuff that you didn't love. So really put in motion, where do I feel like I can best serve myself and the world I live in? Because what you love is what you leave behind. Because love only propels and grows. If I didn't love my work, why would I get up and do a show every morning? Or post all day? Or try to help people who write me? Or answer questions? Because there is no line between me and what I do. I can't even help doing it. And because I love it, that love comes through when I'm talking or when I'm writing. I love the same thing. But then you make me do something I don't like. And I'm barely there. Barely there. Barely there. If I go to a lecture and it's something that I'm not interested in, I fall asleep. Literally, I fall asleep. But if I go to something I am interested in listening to, I'm wide awake. I and My brain is racing. I want to take notes. I want to remember Everything. I leave, I can't stop talking about it, and this part, and that part. My brain knows, my heart knows what I'm attracted to and what I'm not. But if I'm somewhere that isn't my place, and other people are alert, I know that it's their thing and not mine. And I can easily just take a, a good nap while that's going on, and fight myself to stay awake because I've done it, and then finally I just my head just hangs and I'm gone. And all anyone that was with me remembers about me was that I fell asleep, which is not a way I wanted to be remembered, especially if everyone was excited about it, and then they say, you know, why weren't you happy? Like, it wasn't that I was happy or not. I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't get it or wanted to. So Liam writes, Nadia, in Origins of Truth, Chapter 11, The Coming, Christ addresses the man Jesus. And I just wonder about that. He says, Nadia, there were, there are other spirits. There is Jesus. My question is, Jesus and Christ, two separate entities? No. But when he was here on earth, When we go home, we're our full scope. We can see everything. We can do everything. Even you. Even me. But while I'm here on earth, I'm Nadia. I don't know the rest of me. But Christ had to have both. He, when he was here, he was Jesus. But he had to feel what we feel to know how to address us and teach us. So all the capabilities we have at home when we come and we are in a body, we are limited in a body. Even though his gifts far outranged what we see in many humans have a body and that holds us here and that body feels and we are limited emotionally to whatever level we need to be limited to do the work we need to do here so he had to live and feel what we live and feel it's like when I began learning from Christ the freedom he has because he's not here in a body is different than if he were with me and we were trucking the globe to talk and I I hope that makes sense let me know in the chat because us being in a body, whether we realize it or not, is limiting. The only way to get somewhere, we don't just magically appear somewhere. We actually have to physically get there. It's a physical thing, not a, just a twitch of an eye. If there are issues and you have to face people, you actually have to face them. You can't just be there invisible and they don't know you're there and you can see what they're doing because you have to base decisions on what your instinct tells you, what you know, what you believe, and fighting for doing what's right when we are amongst each other on earth because that is why we are here. And when I go home or you go home, You'll be looking at the Liam that existed on earth and you will be saying things like, oh, wow, if I just knew this and if I just knew that, but this is what I went there to learn and I did a great job. Was the human version of Christ or Christ was Jesus' higher self? Jesus was the human version of Christ. We are all souls that go back to where we came from. And Christ had many gifts here and miracles to share with us and to teach us and to guide us and to give us a way to live while we were here, while we are here. The higher road, the road of love, the road of compassion, of understanding God, of knowing there is God. To answer the second part of your question, Jesus being or Christ being Jesus higher self. Well, we have our twin soul at home because we split into and part of us comes here. So I don't really know the answer to that question, but I do know that Jesus was Christ here find that he was Jesus Christ. I am running out of time. I will see you guys on Monday. Have a great and safe weekend. Please be safe. Love you guys. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's daily dose of the Nadia Khalil morning show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.